after a little bit more of education outside of the traditional system, outside of what school was for me, I realized that school was only going to get me a job and I would be lucky to make six figures out of high school or out of college, which most people don't do. Um, and I wanted to make a lot more. There is a new American dream. One that doesn't involve working till you're 65 before you start enjoying life. If you're someone looking for ways to regain control over your time and check off that bucket list now, you're in the right place. We share tips from experts on investing, personal finance, and mindset so that you can finally have the freedom to work less and live more. This is the Freedom Investing Podcast with your host, Chris Torabio. What's going on, everyone? This is Chris Toribio with the Freedom Investing Podcast, and I'm so happy you're here to join us for another amazing episode. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the show. Please make sure to hit the subscribe button so you can stay up to date with our latest episodes. Moving on to today's guest, we have Jeffrey Donis. Jeffrey Donis is a real estate investor and syndicator. As Jeffrey and his two brothers started investing in single family, the Donis brothers eventually built a portfolio of cash-flowing rentals and a six-figure business. Now, they have partnered on over 1,000 multifamily apartment units. Their target markets include Florida, Georgia, and North Carolina. Their goal is to empower others to achieve their financial goals through apartment investing. Jeffrey, welcome to the show, man. Before we dive into it, give us a quick two-minute rundown of who you are, what your background is, and where you are in your journey to achieving time freedom. Yeah, no, for sure. I appreciate you having me on, Chris. It's a pleasure. Uh, I know that we connected via the same mastermind group, so it's a, it's a great uh, honor to be here. In regards to my background, uh, I'm 20. I'll be 21 in now eight days. Time flies. <laughs> wow. So, uh, happy early birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so yeah, I'll be uh, 21. I invest in real estate with my two brothers. Um, initially, I was a college student, uh, college freshman about three years ago now. And I got into real estate halfway through my freshman year after taking a trip to Guatemala, which is where my single mother is from. So I went there and realized what humble beginnings she had and what opportunities my brothers and I had here in the United States that we were taking for granted. So when we got back. Um, we'd already been exposed to wholesaling single family and creative financing, but we hadn't started taking action. So once we got back, started actually uh, taking that education that we had via podcast and YouTube and really just started implementing all of the information we were learning. So eventually, fast forward 13 months after that point, we ended up doing a decent amount of wholesale deals. I think it was a little around 15 deals total, two were creative finance deals, and we locked up to uh, two single family properties here in North Carolina. So I currently live in Durham. Um, and then after that, we just kept running into uh, like multifamily. People on podcasts kept saying, I wish I would have started earlier in multifamily. I wish I would have gone bigger because it's the same amount of time and effort and grunt work, if you will, just for on a, on a smaller scale. So like if anything, they, they think multifamily in the larger multifamily space specifically is easier. So then we were like, why don't we just do that? That's where we want to end up anyways. So ended up joining a group after some research and a little bit of more education in, in the space and reading a few books. I ended up joining the Think Multifamily group based out of Dallas. And since then, we've been able to co-GP on four deals. Um, and now we're also working on and sourcing our own deals as lead sponsors. So things have come a long, a long way, but we have a lot more to learn and a lot more people to meet. So it's been an amazing journey so far. That's an amazing and equally impressive journey that you've had at such a young age, Jeffrey. You know, a lot of people take a look at us. I just turned 33 and people in the space are like, wow. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. And, and people are looking at us like, man, I wish if I were 33, 
I would have known what you guys know now. And yet here you are, you just turned, you're just about to turn 21, right? And like, how do you even get to that point so early on? Yeah. So we, um, we, I was in my, like my brother was, my older brother was the first one that ran into wholesaling via YouTube. And he just would send us these videos and messages and I never watched them about what wholesaling was and how people who were coming from little money, uh, low-income backgrounds, they were also minorities and I'm Hispanic. So I was like, well, if these people that don't come from much can do it, it kind of piqued my interest, but I didn't really take action on it up until when I started then listening to podcasts. So I started listening to Bigger Pockets, and then eventually read and listened to A Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, and those books opened my mind to understanding that the rich don't work for money and, and the way that I'm starting to realize that it's more of a mindset that the rich have that a lot of people that don't have a lot of wealth don't have. So I realized that I didn't have to necessarily go the traditional route. And that's what piqued my interest in starting my own business. And I'd already started learning about single family property and wholesaling specifically because you don't need that much money to start wholesaling. Um, you don't actually own, you're not an investor yet. So it's really just marketing. And that's what we were able to kind of get our feet wet in when it came to real estate. Um, but that's how we got into it. It was also, I come from a low income background, as I mentioned a few times, not to like, not to like my own sob story, but that made me and gave me that burning desire to want something more. And I started to realize after a little bit more of education outside of the traditional system, outside of what school was for me, I realized that school was only going to get me a job and I would be lucky to make six figures out of high school or out of college, which most people don't do. Um, and I wanted to make a lot more than that. I knew I wanted to retire my mom. I knew I wanted to become financially free myself and that I wasn't going to get there as fast as I'd like to if I were to go the traditional route So therefore, I had to start looking at untraditional routes, which real estate for me was one of them. And that's what piqued my interest and what got us started. Wow. Well, that's amazing insight. And I really applaud you for realizing that earlier. Thank you. Um, Absolutely. And so when it comes to getting started in real estate, I know you mentioned you started with wholesaling. Uh, We just had uh, interviewed someone else the, the other week. His name was Ray Woods, who also started with wholesaling. And you were saying that this was because you came from a background where it's low income. You had maybe more time than you had money. And mm-hmm. so this is where you got yourself started. So kind of describe to us, what is the transition um, between doing single family, wholesaling, and now getting into apartment buildings? I know you had mentioned this is something that you already knew you wanted to do, but how did you make that transition apart from the mastermind? Yeah, no, uh, the main thing that we learned, in, so we, we learned a lot in school in regards to like how to learn something. Now for us, the only slight difference was, Rich said, um, Robert Kiyosaki always talks about, you learn more by doing and by actually stimulating what you want to learn versus just reading about it. So we'd start with reading, and then by taking action, that's how we actually implemented the education, and that became real experience. And that's how we grew a little bit more, I guess, quote-unquote wise. We're not, we haven't been doing it for that long to become you know, crazy wise. But uh, in regards to the first initial steps were to educate ourselves. So we understood that by listening to these podcasts, you kept hearing, okay, it is more of a sophisticated space. There's a lot more to, to learn, and you're dealing with different types of people who are more sophisticated than when it comes to the single family space. Typically for us, we were talking to homeowners whose biggest investments were their own houses, right? So when we came to the multifamily space, even if you are going direct to seller and it's a smaller multifamily property, typically these individuals that own these properties are obviously more wealthy and affluent and will be more sophisticated than in comparison to a single family property owner. And for us, we were going after 100 plus unit apartment buildings. Typically brokers are the ones that deal with those. And we quickly realized by taking action, right, um, that they are going to ask you a lot of questions. And if you don't know your your, your you know your information, if you don't know your criteria, if you don't really have that confidence as well. And I think for us, 
in the beginning, we lacked the confidence because we didn't really understand it. But as you start to learn more, you gain confidence. And as you start to do deals, and that inherently will give you that experience, that knowledge, you get more confident. So all of these things, um, that's how we started to actually get into the space. Initially, read the first book was um, Best Ever Apartment Syndication book by Joe Fairless. I probably butchered that title, so I apologize. But Joe Fairless's book, we treated that like a textbook. I found out that we needed a mentor to leverage if we wanted to go after these large apartment deals because over 90% of large multifamily transactions are dealt with and brokered by a real estate broker, um, commercial real estate broker. So we realized that, okay, if we want to be able to win these deals, we have to find someone that's willing to partner with us that has a track record, has a good reputation, and is willing to allow us to leverage that. Um, So that's where we ended up joining this group called Think Multifamily. And that really opened the floodgates. Um, in the beginning, obviously, like I said, you were always going to sort of like have that imposter syndrome and you also uh, have a lot to learn and you haven't done a deal yet, but as you start taking action and eventually you get it done, you got to gain more confidence. And as you do the next one, the next one, slow and steadily, you start to grow on that. And that's really like the the, the quick version of, of the story. I love that. And and Jeffrey, imposter syndrome is a real thing. Uh, you know, when we come from a background of healthcare. So when we also jumped into this industry, it was one of those things where like, well, we don't have a background in finance, business, entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. financing. But as you're saying, is as long as you continue to keep faith, take action, um, continue to endure whatever hardships that may present itself along the yeah. way. Um, but but by doing you're not only providing yourself the confidence because you've been through it and you have some skin in the game, but also other people can t- tend to recognize it as well. So that's that's huge. So 100%. You, you're approaching all of this uh, as three brothers, correct? Right. And so who are your other two brothers and how have your roles kind of uh, yeah. laid out for themselves? Yeah, yeah. So um, my, my brothers and I were like, thankfully, we're best. We're really good friends and we've gotten closer to be, since we started our, our business and we are... I won't go into the why yet, but we are aligned with our why. Um, so that that's an awesome thing. Uh, and in regards to the roles, initially, in my opinion, it was more so just us experiencing and trying out different things. And slowly and steadily, we just drifted towards what we're doing now. So for me, I do the investor relations and capital raising. I, I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy connecting and building relationships and bringing value. So that's something that just comes easy. And I, I don't necessarily... Um, in, also have to take a step back. I also was the one that used to do the acquisitions and cold calling in our single family business. So I learned to overcome the fear of rejection, the fear of failure, all these small things. Um, I was always doing that. So therefore getting on calls with people, it just made more sense for me to jump into that kind of role. My brother, Kenneth, he's typically the person that is willing to do the things that none of us want to do, (laughs) to be honest. And um, that's kind of why he just took over the underwriting, which I didn't want to do, honestly. I, I understand it, but I thought, you know what? Let's just give him a try if, he would, if he's okay with doing it. And he learned it. He loves it now. So that's great. And then my twin brother, Kerwin, he, he's a, he likes to write. He has a very creative mind. I'd say he's the most creative one out of all of us. So when it came to marketing, um, that just came naturally. He kind of can create like a story and create a brand. And we have a lot of different things that we do when it comes to marketing. We have a podcast. Um, we have a website, social media content, ebooks, all these random things that come into marketing that play a key role in the business and growing it uh, is what he helps with. Then. Oh, I like Kenneth also, now that he's doing acquisitions as the underwriter, he also does asset management. Um, so that's really how we broke on the roles. It really just came to what we naturally enjoy doing, what our strengths were, and a little bit of trial and error. That's great. And I think you guys really approached it in the right way. When you think in terms of sustainability, right? Mm-hmm. You want to be in this business for a very long time. And so when it comes time to like determining what roles that you want to do, and we did this with our own partnership as well, 
it's it's what do you enjoy? What feels light, mm-hmm. right? Like what is your, uh, we refer to this as your unique ability. Yeah. And once you're able to identify what your unique ability is, that's something that you would do any day of the week. And, and then you can leverage the time or the expertise of others where maybe what you dread doing is, is their unique ability. And it sounds like that has a really synergistic relationship there between you and your two brothers. That's great. Yeah, yeah. And the, I think the, the best thing about it is we all, uh, and regardless of like, if you, every day that comes with its struggles and business sometimes isn't always enjoyable, right? We love what we do. But um, also when you're in alignment with the, the morals and values of your business partners, in my opinion, it's also when you're enjoying yourself with them, like you can have a good time. It makes it a lot easier to uh, to kind of stick within whatever your role is. I mean, obviously, if you enjoy it, that's going to make it easier. But also with who you're doing it with, I, I always, Kerwin likes to say, my twin brother, it's not about where or how, it's with who. That's, that's a, I don't know, I butchered that too, but anyways. <laughs> well, no, that's great. And actually, the book that's behind you is Who Not How. Right, which is yeah, yeah. I was really just key. Off, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's key. For those who aren't, uh, yeah. who are, aren't looking at this in, in person or on the video, uh, <laughs> Jeffrey has a Who Not How book behind him, which is a fantastic yeah. book. I highly encourage everyone here to read it. So talk to us now about your experience. So you've partnered yeah. on over a thousand multifamily units in markets like Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, right? So when you guys have picked your markets, how did you go about determining which market was the one that you really wanted to uh, invest yeah. in? And and how did you position yourself to be able to partner on all these deals? Yeah. So I can start with the, how we picked the markets. Uh, in regards to first and foremost, um, we... Well, I, I'll start with the latter question, second because I think that really is how we ended up picking this market. So we ended up joining that group and networking is one thing that we're all very good at. I would say we're not, uh, we're, we're good at some things, but the main thing is the networking, which who not how, right? You don't necessarily need to know how to do everything. It's just who, if you can find who knows it and who knows the answer, then you can end up getting whatever you need to get done, done. Um, so we joined that group and had access to a lot of these people who were doing exactly what we wanted to do. And that's why and how we've been able to get to this point by surrounding ourselves with people that are successful and are doing exactly what we want to do and we find a way to bring them value that that's exactly the formula so um in regards to the group i networked at a few events and we were always intentional with investing our time money energy into events and mastermind groups and obviously we i ended up leaving school i left that out um but i left school after my freshman year and instead of going the quote unquote traditional route, I and my brothers and I, we all are not in school anymore. We're just investing our time and money into untraditional routes like mastermind groups and different mentorships, things like that, that we want, we chose. So we chose a real estate route, how to build a business, things like that. And we've, we, I love to read. So anyways, um, in regards to the group, uh, joining the group, networked, met people who uh, were doing deals that I kind of wanted to do. They're doing a hundred plus unit BC class uh, apartment investing and I found certain people that we just had more of an alignment of interest and also I liked, enjoyed. I want to work with people that I do trust, like, and want to want to work with, right? So bonded with a certain individuals. And then when I was just calling one day, I reached out to uh, to one individual and he told me he had a deal under contract and they were looking for some co-GPs to help out with different things. Um, one of the things was raising money. Another thing that I could possibly bring to the table that was in my back of my head was I can help with marketing. Because uh, that's something that my brothers and I had a background in. So that's initially, we didn't think we could help out with much else other than marketing and possibly like whatever else he needed us to do. Uh, so we ended up thinking and we kind of got creative here where we were like, okay, who who do we know that can bring more value than we can? But this individual does not know them. 
So like that, that's where the network came into play. So we made a, I made a few calls, made a connection and asked one individual who had a lot more experience than us if he would be interested in partnering on a deal like this. And he said, yes. And he didn't know who I was talking about. So I was like, okay, let me call that guy back. Called him back, asked him, hey, I have an individual who has a lot of experience. He can bring a lot of value to this deal. Uh, do you think that would be something you'd be interested in? And he said, yes. If you made that introduction, I think you would be bringing a lot of value. Um, so we'll make it happen. I was like, perfect. I made a call, made the introduction. They ended up partnering together. And now they've done multiple deals together. Uh, and we were able to get a seat at the table by doing that simple strategy. So we did that on the first four deals. Uh, and I still do this to this day. I mean, it's a simple thing of like people that think they don't have enough money. And Robert Kiyosaki in my book that I'm reading right now talks about it all the time. Um, I forget the name. Guide, oh, Rich Dad's Guide to Investing. Uh, he talks about, it's not about like, you don't need money to make money. And a lot of people say you do. And I, I tend to agree with both like sides of the coin. I'm not going to say I'm on either side, but it's all about like the mindset and the ideas and the way that you, the thought process behind it. Because you don't actually need the money. What if you could just have a great idea? And my brothers and I, we started this specific industry with not that much capital, but we had the willingness to learn, to bring desire, to just take action. And then we were also just learning a little bit of creative things like making introductions. Who knew that you could bring value by just introducing people, you know? So that's how we got into the first few deals. And that market, coincidentally, it was he had a deal in a great market, Jacksonville, Florida, that is having a crazy amount of rent growth over the last few years. Who knows if that'll continue, but it is currently. Um, it's one of the hottest markets in the country right now in regards to jobs and moving there. Um, so these are certain things that we look for in regards to the markets that we're in. Uh, we like to see high um, median household income. We like to see job growth in that area. That's where people are going. So we also like to see population growth uh, and also um, in regards to where I am, I live in North Carolina, so I want to be not too far away from my properties so that if I need to go out there, I can fly out there in a few hours. Um, and also a red state, we don't initially want to invest where it's not landlord friendly. Um, so that's that's how we picked on those markets. But initially, it was just by partnering with people that are already in those markets. Wow. I encourage every single person in here who's interested in jumping into the space or getting started with some sort of entrepreneurial venture to take a second, rewind this five minutes, and re-listen to what Jeffrey had just dropped there because that is gold. Um, when it comes to figuring out how you can provide value to somebody, as you were saying, you were three young guys that are just getting started in this industry. You don't necessarily have money. You have time, but you took advantage of a couple things. One, you took inventory of what it is that you're good at. Two, you took inventory of who it is that you knew. And then three, you figure out how you can provide value to others. Mm-hmm that have more experience than you. And those are crucial components when it comes to trying to expedite your growth in an environment where you don't necessarily have the expertise quite yet. That's that's amazing. And, and I applaud you for doing that, Jeffrey. Thank you. All right, folks. So we're coming towards the end of today's show. But before we finish, it is time for the Freedom Five. These are five questions that we ask every guest on our show, starting with the most important question. What is your why? What is the underlying motivation behind everything it is that you do? Yeah, my why initially uh, it is to retire my single mother. Um, that's my brother's why and all of our initial reason for getting into real estate. But after that, we know we're going to accomplish that very soon. So um, for one, I want to have the financial freedom, uh, the three financial, I forget the word, but there's like three financial things, or freedom principles, time freedom, location freedom, and then financial freedom. Uh, and that's that's for myself. And then also want to help my investors do that. And I won't go on too much of a tangent, but there's a book called uh, Leaving Microsoft to Change the World by John Wood. I don't know if you read that, but it's a really good book. And he talks about a nonprofit that he created helping 
kids in third world countries by building schools and libraries. Um, he started in Nepal. I was reading it when I was in Guatemala, third world country. So it really inspired me to, I can, I know there's a philanthropic pursuit I'm going to uh, pursue and it will be something along the lines of that after, um, well, soon, soon, actually, we're currently in the, in the process of that. So that's one of my big whys as well. Love that. Love that. Yeah, we, uh, my wife and I, we attended a medical mission trip and so did our partners back in the past. And coming from healthcare backgrounds, everyone's like, you did all this years of school to just quit this job that you have the capability of doing. And we're like, well, no, right now we want to be able to position ourselves to where we can just do this out of an act of service and less so out of the necessity to make money for ourselves. Mm. So uh, that's, that's crucial. And I love that you guys have a really deep rooted why behind this, because, you know, as we say, you know, unless you have an emotional reason for doing something, yeah, it's very easy to get burnt out. So, so that's great. For sure. The second question I have for you is what book has had the largest influence on your life? Yeah. And I would say one that, uh, I, it's who, not how one behind me. Uh, I mean, and for the simple reason of like, if, if you're new to the space or you're young or whatever, it's, I've learned that it's not about what you know, really at the end of the day, because obviously you want to be educated and at a certain sophistication level so that you can't explain things and that you can't have confidence in all of these things and that you can't be successful. But also having a network of people that know it, also people that you can reach out to. Like when you're if you're raising capital on a deal, if you're looking for deals, it always comes down to who you know. Because if no one knows you, I think that's the that's the mistake. More so than just what you you're gonna go a lot farther with based on your network versus just what you're doing and by yourself. That's my opinion. Love it. Love it. Yeah, that's. I would say that book for us has also been up there with Rich Dad, Poor Dad in terms of the mindset shift yeah. on how you get things done. The third question I have for you, Jeffrey, is what is the most impactful thing, whether it be a piece of technology, a habit, or a person that yeah. has helped in freeing up your time? Yeah, I, I do have a daily routine. Um, every single morning, I wake up at the same time, 5 a.m. I go and do my yoga um, and then I'll do some 10 minutes of yoga, 10 minutes of meditation. Then I go to the gym, uh, come back, take a cold shower, read my book, do my affirmations, my daily goals, my life goals, a journal for a little bit. Um, and then I read for about another 40 minutes. And before I leave to the gym, I'll read for like 20 minutes. So I try to get at least 30 to an hour and read a book a week. That's something that I have been pretty good with over the last few months. The morning routine has been something that I've nailed down over the last few months as well. So all of that, um, in my opinion, is the thing that has allowed me to have that freedom of my time because then I, once I get all of that done by like 9 a.m., I've, in my opinion, done a lot more than I used to do when I was growing up in high school, all before 9. So it, it really allows me to free up my schedule. And then after that, I'll, I'll start my work day. Amazing. Number four, what is the number one piece of advice you would give to anyone looking to achieve more control over their time? Yeah, I would say build habits. Um, there's a book called Atomic Habits. Uh, I forget who's, who it's by, but that's uh, the one thing I can say is if you, whatever is important to you, you'll make time for it. And also uh, one thing I'm starting to realize, it's okay to be selfish in certain ways, especially when it comes to what you do with your time. Um, and I think if you're in the building phase of whatever it is, whether you're building your health, your your wealth, your business, um, relationships, you want to be selfish when it comes to making decisions based on that. And it's okay to do that in my opinion. So just building kind of more of a backbone when it comes to that. Yeah, no, that's great. Especially in your position in life. I remember when I was, you know, 20, 21 years old, everyone was wanting to go out, everyone was wanting yeah. to party and, and do all of these things once you turn 21. Um, right. And it sounds like you guys have your head on straight in terms of like what it is that you prioritize and how you go about spending your time. Are you able to kind of like quickly dive into that real quick in terms yeah, of like no, I don't mind some examples? 
yeah, I think it's like a lot, a lot of things. Like a, a lot of my friends, obviously, they're in school, so like it's uh, Thursday through Sunday, or <laughs> even throughout the week, right? Like the, no, no parents. You kind of like on a, you, know, you can go and have freedom, and you can go out, which I don't have anything against. Personally, I just think I get more fulfillment from different things, uh, and when I do that, I'm, I'm faithful. So like I know first and foremost, like God is watching. So I, I want to make sure that I'm, I am in tune, and truly, I think when you live within god's uh, boundaries and i've noticed best based on the last few months when i'm more in alignment with my actions and fulfilling my purpose i get more out of life which it happens in different types of ways like my business grows i have more success i'm happier my health is better all of these random things you know it goes under my habits when i immediately when i break out of that i'm further away from my fulfilling my true purpose my passion and all of that slowly starts to go away and it can happen with things like drinking or going out late and doing things you shouldn't be doing. All these kinds of things for me pull me away from that. And I've obviously, I, I've learned from a little bit of experience, but uh, it's just something that I don't necessarily want to do at this point in my life. I understand there'll be more time for that later if I want it. But I, I like I said, it's, I think if you have a, some type of faith in your life and you're truly on purpose, you kind of know when you're doing things that you should be doing, in my opinion, um, especially when you're more in tune with it. And I try to be, I do take these principles and I try to live by them and I'm still learning a lot, but that's something that I've just experienced recently. It's, it's helped me a lot of ways and it makes it easy to say no to things when you know it's not right for you. Um, and like I said, there'll be time for everything. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't uh, think of how many times I've woken up the next day afterwards. And while it was fun at the time, you know, you realize like, Oh gosh, it's already noon. I still haven't gotten as much as I had planned to get done because of, you know, the night before going out and doing all of that stuff. So that's definitely has a big effect on, on your progression. All right, Jeffrey, the fifth and final question I have for you here is what is the best way for our listeners to get in contact with you? Yeah, uh, we have a playbook. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about how to vet, sponsor a deal before you invest, uh, just feel free to visit the link www.donisinvestmentgroup.com backslash a checklist. And then if you're interested in checking us out on social media, we're on every platform you can think of at Donis Brothers. Uh, you can visit me at Jeffrey Donis on all platforms as well. And then we have a podcast, The Real Estate Monopoly. Make sure to check them out, everybody. Jeffrey is going to be a rock star along with his two brothers. So definitely keep in touch with them. Um, Jeffrey, lots of really great information today. I really liked how you talked about your background coming from very humble beginnings and the reason why you went ahead and did this in the first place. I love yeah. how you talked about the mindset shift and the different habits that you endured so that way you can make sure you stay consistent and on top of your goals, um, as well as how you go about making your decisions in your life. I mean, that's really, really crucial and, and being able to be disciplined enough in order to say no. Yeah. Right. So that's that's right. really crucial. And, you know, I just want to thank you again for being a fantastic guest. I really look forward to remaining in touch. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. And likewise, you're a great host. Now, if you like this show and want to learn more about how we can help you free up your time through passive real estate investments, check out www.freedominvesting.com. Make sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter and schedule an introductory call with our team. We also have a free seven-day course on what passive real estate investing is and how to get started so that you can start your journey towards earning back more time in your life. To all of our amazing listeners here on the Freedom Investing Podcast, my name is Chris Tribio. Till next time.